0: Hello, everybody, and uh, welcome once again to the Cambridge Insider Podcast. Uh, awesome to have you all here. As always, your host Stephen uh out of New Jersey, and joining me, as per usual, uh, my good uh, friend from across the country in Seattle, Craig. How are you? Oh, you know, just doing
1: fantastic today. It's 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 uh, it's a good day. Awesome. How's the weather in Seattle? Don't get me started on it. We got we got we got the smoke back. Um, It's not as bad as it was the other week, um, and it's mixing with fog. So, you know, we're just continuing that 2020 landscape that we all know and love so much.
0: (laughs) All right. I appreciate the detail. Um, And then we're really, really excited on the Cambridge Insider podcast for the very first time to welcome uh, an official guest. Uh, And we have with us Chris Page, who is the executive director of CSIET which is the Council on Standards for International Education Travel. Chris, welcome. Thanks for having me, and thanks for the invite. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Awesome, awesome. So for those of you that don't know what CSIET does, um, it's a private, not-for-profit organization. Um, The mission is to provide leadership and support for the exchange and educational communities To ensure youth are provided with safe and valuable international and cultural exchange experiences. Chris, does that sound about right?
2: That sounds about right. We have a a very long uh, title. We're a relatively small organization, but we have a big footprint, so uh, that's about right. Awesome. Great to have you. Chris, where are you in the country at the moment? I'm in Alexandria, Virginia, and that's uh, where CSIET is based. But uh, I am actually uh, working from home today. Uh, so excuse any noise. If, uh, if a dog barks, it's likely because uh, uh, the mailman has come. That's his favorite thing to do. Um, but uh, here in Alexandria, and, and we're doing well. Thanks.
0: Alexandria, just to give some of our international uh, listeners a, a little bit of a
2: geography lesson that's close to Washington DC, am I right? That is correct. And uh, we are just south of Washington, D.C. Uh, on the Potomac River, and um, we're close by uh, to the U.S. Department of State, as well as the Department of Homeland Security, as well as uh, the National Mall and, and all that that holds for us. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Chris, I'm going to I'm going to hand
0: you over to to Craig, who's uh, going to ask a few formal questions. And uh, yeah, again, thank you for
1: joining us. We're excited to, to learn something from you today. Agreed. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, You're you're our first guest, uh, hopefully not our last one. Hopefully we can have you here again in the future as well. Um, Just starting off, why is CSIET so important?
2: Yeah, thanks for asking. And again, thanks for the opportunity to talk about CSIET and what we do. Um, We are the only standard-setting organization for secondary school exchange in the U.S., Um, and we have an evaluation process every year, and we're the only organization that can attest to the evaluation uh, of our programs through a compliance audit. Um, So that makes us unique. Uh, We evaluate programs on an annual basis. Um, Our programs have to subscribe to a common set of standards and practices, uh, which include specific attention to, to stewardship, uh, that is uh, caring for uh, the students and all who are under under our organization's care. Transparency. There's the dog. Um, transparency. And that essentially means that the schools uh, and programs with which we work, uh, there is some level of transparency between those two as well as all the constituents. Engagement. Our programs... Uh, Offer uh, a, a good deal of engagement with uh, the programs that they work with, as well as in uh, a annual conference every year. Um, partnership; they uh, work with each other, as well as working with um, international partners uh, to make sure that uh, the the connections are seamless. And specifically, I want to say something about our standards and to get real. Uh, in, you know, to put a fine point on it. Uh, we have organizations, our organizations do criminal background checks. They have, uh, insur- assurances that students are not re- recruited on the basis of athletic ability. Um, they have to provide financial statements, statements of financial viability. Um, they have to provide orientation, local coordinator training, and they have to have monthly contact at a minimum with the, each of their uh, organizations and mm-hmm. their students.
1: And And I think these are all great standards. And Cambridge Network has been a CSIET accredited program for a long time. Stephen and I can attest to it. We do the in-country orientations in China. That is a requirement um, I have, you know, dealt with uh, when I was working with students, some of your audit capabilities. And I can say these are these are serious things that keep everybody on their toes and make sure that we're really working on behalf of the students. So so it's very much appreciative that there is someone looking out for everybody in this, in this world. So we all know that now it is a unique time in the international sphere, the international education travel sphere. What are the biggest challenges that are facing uh, CSIET at these times?
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, I think... You know, during COVID nineteen, uh, you know, and and especially now in an election year, there's an environment that's politically charged. Um, it's important that we're able to remain a strong advocate for safe and valuable exchange. Um, but we we and there are really many opinions on on how to do that um, and what that means. Um, but our charge has really not changed all of that much. All that much. We we. Try to cultivate excellence among our members. We uh, we evaluate, we certify long-term international student exchange programs, um, and we help ensure the safety and value for those ex- uh, all stakeholders. But I think one of the biggest things that we have to be able to, um, you know, overcome in in this environment is, uh, you know, a sense of. Um, self, Uh, and I don't mean CSIT, but I mean the industry, the numbers have dropped significantly over the past year. And uh, with that comes a a number of challenges for programs to be carrying out their their missions. Um, So uh, our biggest challenge is being able to, you know, provide those organizations the the sort of moral support that they need uh, when the number of students are low, uh, but also maintaining CSIT's character, maintaining our uh, core belief system uh, and our standards. Um, so we really have not changed that much in terms of what it is that we do, how we do it and uh, what we uh, believe in
1: that um that actually sounds like a lot of what we talk about on this podcast specifically we use the word uh resiliency a lot we kind of think that's the word of this year and that um that that is something that it sounds like you guys are doing and we always coach our schools and anybody listening that use this year of downtime to build the program that you want to see in the future and it sounds like you guys did a good job building the program that, or the the rules that you needed now to um, to be successful in a unique situation like this. And so hopefully in the future uh, we can move forward and, and, and you guys can continue to be strong advocates for student safety
2: yeah that is that is our intent uh certainly and um you know it being a challenge uh we you know are not shy uh, about taking on challenges we've had others uh in the face of regulation we've we've had to do adjusting um, so uh, our members are very uh resolute in uh, making sure that uh we uh, as c s i t as a standard setting organization are uh, able to continue our role, which is to keep them honest and keep the community honest, um, as well as uh, our being able to sort of advocate for uh, programs that that, uh, do uh, adhere to CSIET standards. Awesome. Awesome. So then do you foresee
1: any changes to CSIET standards moving forward?
2: Well, one thing I would say is that we always are looking at our standards. We have a standards review committee. We do this on an annual basis. Any of those changes that occur, occur in our uh, program audit for the uh, the next cycle. So we've already gone through that process. But I will say that this past year has uh, provided us a, a specific challenge as it pertains to the, the host families, as well as the, the international students that are being interviewed. Um, we put out guidance uh, last May for uh, F1 programs and schools that um, um, I- interviewing host families and prospective students. There needs to be some level of uh, easement there in in terms of how that's done. So we have allowed virtual interviews um, and organizations that are conducting these interviews, whether they be with host families or the international student. Uh, that they're recruiting um, they uh, programs still have to you know they create a record of who interviewed the family when the interview happened uh, the names of the family members that took part um, we can't get the signatures necessarily uh, straight away from uh, programs but if possible it should be the the uh, interviews should be followed up with a, a visit to the home um, uh, before the student is uh, arriving in the u s um, and really, you know, the same is it goes for uh, personal interviews with the students. Uh, orientations they can be taking place uh, virtually, um, and there has to be a record of who conducted that interview and the orientation. And that's that's what we're looking at for the the foreseeable future. So in this particular cycle, we will see uh, programs that are um, perhaps used to doing these kinds of interviews in person. Um, it it will be acceptable that there is a record of having done this virtually and that's for this particular cycle i would expect that as things open up whether that would sort of retract back to to uh the original in-person requirement
1: yeah i think that's i think that's really interesting and that's one of the things that um through csiat's guidance that cambridge network has been doing as well where we have opened up the first interview to be online, which lets us kind of expand our host pool and our searches because instead of having to set up a time to be in person for our staff to drive out and meet somebody at their home, you can do that first one online, which really adds a lot more flexibility to this, you know, it doesn't take as much time, Um, whether that continues or whether that, you know, gets rescinded, I think uh, we will wait for your guidance on that one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it right now, this was a request from our our members um, to take a look at this. And uh, it, it, it seemed appropriate and, and something that we could do that would not necessarily affect compliance with, uh, with our standards relative to the safety of students uh, and host families and the like. So uh, we think it's appropriate um, for this cycle. Um, and uh, as I said, we, we revisit on an annual basis. So it, it may uh, be something else uh, as we approach next year. Well. Thank you so much uh,
1: for joining us today. I think this was um, really insightful and interesting uh, for our guests. for our listeners, you are our guest. Um, I hope that in the future, we are able to have you back. I know this was a this was a broad kind of 30,000 foot overview of CSIET, potentially, hopefully we can have you back in the future to maybe discuss some more uh, interesting things that are changing, what CSIET is doing kind of in, in the regulatory space, how things are changing as well. But I, I, I wanna thank you and pass you back to Steven now. Yeah, Chris. Uh,
0: I, I echo what uh, what Craig said. Um, you know, I think it's it's never been more important for for families in particular to make sure that they are working with CSIET accredited organisations. Um, I think the organization's ability to be flexible in this time, but you know, remaining within your mission and your values is is really promising. And I think for our families that are abroad, that's that's uh, that's good news to hear um any any final thoughts uh, from yourself anything you'd you'd like to close up on uh, yeah, at this time
2: i would like to thank cambridge network for for their involvement with csat i think it's very important that uh, you, you know uh, organizations engage in a a community that espouses a body of standards that are really looking out for the safety and the welfare of, of the students and and really all constituents involved there's an awful lot that that uh, that students, host families and, and uh, uh, natural parents, uh, teachers get out of this type of program uh, on an annual basis. Uh, so it's important that we do it and, and keep the value and, and the standards. And I would also say that uh, next time I will make uh, my dog available for the interview.
0: That, that would be that would certainly be the expectation i think when we let you go you can you can go give him a treat i think he i think he held his his bark back in the in the latter half of
1: the of the interview which was great he i didn't. think i think learning about dogs is like 90% of why people uh listen to podcasts i feel like i can name most of the the dogs my the podcasts i listen to the hosts have so um i i don't think you're unique in that Awesome. Well, Chris, thank you again. We really appreciate you
0: being here Um, from myself, from uh, Mr. Craig Batson in Seattle. Um, That's it for this edition of the Cambridge Insider Podcast. As always, looking to give you the most updated uh, information in this international education sphere. Until next week, guys. Bye-bye.